Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Our reading today is from Mark chapter 1, verses 9 to 13. If you'd like to follow along, you can locate it on page 910 of your Pew Bible. Let us pray. Prepare our hearts, O God, to accept your word. Silence in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may also obey your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. In the novel, The Extraordinary Life of Sam Hill, Sam Hill was born with a condition that left his eyes red. It was a source of great shame and embarrassment for for him. The school bullies called him the boy with devil eyes. He even had a teacher or two who belittled him in such fashion. But to Sam's mother, he was just perfect. He says it this way, from the moment of my birth, my mother considered me normal. Before we even left the hospital, when Dr. Pridemore came to conduct his examination, she asked the only question that mattered to her, will this affect his vision? All I can say, said Dr. Pridemore, is Samuel's eyes are very rare. Not rare, mother corrected, extraordinary. And she told him that over and over and over again. If you are fortunate, like I am, you have a person in your life who never fails to see the extraordinary in you. If you're fortunate, you have a person in your life who loves you unfailingly. Of course, like Sam Hill for many, not for all, but for many, that person may be your mother. So I don't know what it was on this particular day that caused Jesus to put down the carpentry tools and to dust the wood shavings from his sleeves, to go out in the wilderness and to listen to John preach a strong word there. And then Jesus knelt down in the Jordan and was baptized. And we're told 
as he was coming up out of the water, he heard the voice of God, and she said, You are my child, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Now, careful readers of the story have noticed that this is not an announcement that's made to the gathered crowd. God does not say, this is my son. No, this is a statement to Jesus himself. You are my son whom I love. Now, why is that? Did, did Jesus not know this? Is this new information for Jesus there on the banks of the Jordan? I, I don't know. The text doesn't tell us the inner thoughts of the Christ. But I do know this. When it comes to being told that you are a child of God, it never hurts to hear it more than once. If you're like me, you don't remember your baptism. Presbyterians baptize babies, and babies don't really remember it. My parents have told me about it. They told me when I was being baptized, I was actually quite cranky. So my dad gave me his car keys to give me something to distract me. They love to tell me about that. When they talk about it, they make it sound like it was a big deal. And it is. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten a call, some mom or dad calls and says, we got to get little buddy baptized. He's getting too big. I said, no, no, no. We can still carry him down now. No, he's outgrowing the gown. We got his, the same gown his dad was baptized in and his grandfather. We got to get him baptized before he's too big. It's one of the ways it demonstrates this is a big deal. I've had parents sometimes ask me if they can bring their own water for baptism when they ask. I know they've got either a mason jar that they scooped themselves or they went to the gift shop and bought some Jordan River water and saved it just for this moment. It's, it's a way of showing it's a big deal. I baptized a child once with a beat-up little tin cup. Usually we just use our hands, but you can use a cup if you want to. It turns out that it was the child's great-great-great-grandfather's drinking cup from the Civil War. And when he returned home safe from battle to meet his newborn son, they baptized him using that cup, and it was passed down generation after generation. It's a big deal. Whether it's a gown or a cup or special water or a family brunch, no one needs to tell us that baptism is a big deal. Now, I don't know what made Jesus decide this on this day, but one day he searches out John in the wilderness and he goes down in the Jordan River waters and he's baptized. And it was a big deal, not because of a gown or because of the water, but because of the voice. The voice of God that says, you are my child, whom I love. Now, we just did baptism, and I, I didn't hear it. I don't know if you heard it. I, I didn't hear the voice, but I know it was there. I know the promise of God to these children is the same as it was to Jesus. You are my child, whom I love. 
Baptism proclaims that truth. That is who you are. You, you will carry many other identities in your life. You'll be a child or a spouse, a parent maybe, a, a neighbor, an employee. All of these will say some truth of who you are. But the core identity that you carry is you are God's child. And as Sally says, there's nothing you can do about it. That's why we baptize infants. We'll baptize adults too, but we love to baptize infants because it's clear that they don't, aren't being baptized because of them. They're not being baptized because of their faith or faithfulness. They're not being baptized because of their goodness. They're not being baptized because they love God. They're being baptized because God loves them. It's not what's in our hearts that make us belong to God. It is the love that lives in God's heart that claims us as God's own children. It is a love that calls us by name and declares that we belong. We all belong. Now, we don't get to do this every worship service. We don't get to do it every week, but the baptismal font is up here every Sunday. It's here all the time. We place it right up front so that every time you enter this room, you might remember your own baptism and remember who you are. You are God's child. It, it, if it would fit, I would take the font and I'd put it back there near the back door so that when you walked in, you could dip your hand in the water and remember who you are. It's a promise that you belong to God and nothing will ever change that. So I was talking to a woman recently and I asked her about her children. They're grown and she said, well, David, he's the oldest. He's, he's the quiet one. You never get much conversation out of David. Ask him how things are going. He says, fine. And he, he's, he's not going to call unless he needs me to watch the kids or something. But, but I tell you the truth, if I have a big decision to make or I need to go see the doctor, I want David to be there. He's the most help then. He stays calm. And then there's Stephanie, my baby. She meets every day with a song in her heart. She makes me laugh every time I talk with her. But don't ask that girl to organize carpool or anything else. You do. Somebody's kid's going to get left at school. That's just the way it is. You know, the thing about moms, they, they know us. They know the whole truth of us. Sometimes they know us better than we know ourselves. My mom knows me. You guys know that my mother, she suffered a stroke when she was 54. It left her disabled, and, and she was in our home, or at least in our zip code, for the next 24, 25 years. But several years ago, we moved her to North Carolina where she could live in the same town with my siblings, my brother and sister. So I told my mom, I said, Mom, we're going to move you to Carolina where you can be with Martha and Jim. And she said, Oh, I don't know, honey. So look, my, my mother never had much of a filter, and whatever filter she had got completely erased with the stroke. And so I said, no, Mom, it'll be good because you'll be with Jim and Martha, and you like them more than you like me. And she said, that's true. But I'll miss Carol. 
And I said, well, maybe Carol will come visit you. And she said, oh, that would be perfect. So I called my mom yesterday, and I said, Mom, it's Mother's Day tomorrow, um, so I'm just calling. And I said, I'm preaching on Mother's Day tomorrow. Is there anything you want me to tell them? And she said, just tell them you're my son. Okay, I will. I said, you know, you're going to hear from all your children tomorrow. You had lots of babies, four children. That's a lot. She said, tell me about it. And she said, and you were a handful. I said, okay, thanks, Mom. I got to go now. <laughs> so here's the thing. Moms know us. There's no hiding who we are. And yet, if we're fortunate, they still say, amazingly, really, just tell them you're my son. I think God is like that. I think God knows the whole story of you. And God still says, the only thing that matters is you are my child. And I'll never let you go. So Sam Hill, he graduated from high school and he bought some colored contact lenses that, at least in public, turned his red eyes to brown. He became an eye doctor, no mystery there. As a doctor, he started taking trips like we do to the Dominican or Haiti or Kenya, and he started doing medical work around the world. He was somewhere in Latin America, I can't remember where, and he met a little boy named Fernando. And Fernando had red eyes. He said he looked into the eyes of that little kid and every memory of his childhood just flooded back. And he said, Fernando, can I share a secret with you? It's a secret no one else knows. Tus ojos so extraordinarios, he said. Fernando looked down. Muy especial, I said. When Fernando retreated into his shell, he said, you don't believe me. He shook his head, no. My eyes are of the devil. No, I said, not Diablo. They are not the devil's eyes. You are one of God's children, and I could prove it, he said. I've been all over the world, Fernando, and I've searched for some with, someone with eyes so extraordinary, but you are the first person I have found to be so blessed. Now, are you ready for my secret, I asked. He said he walked to the sink and he removed his contact lenses and he went back and sat down and stared into the eyes of Fernando who for the first time is seeing one with eyes like his own. They used to call me devil boy, Sam said, but you see I'm no son of the devil and neither are you. We are children of God, Fernando. God gave me extraordinary eyes so that I would have an extraordinary life. And I have, because if God had not given me these eyes, I would not have met you, Fernando. God did not make you different. He made you special. And then Sam said he looked into the eyes of that boy and loved him. And he said, all my mother's lessons came pouring out of me. If you're fortunate, you have someone in your life who knows you, 
and who loves you without question. Someone who sees the good in you and claims you. Someone who loves you in a way that you feel like you belong in this world. Loves you not because of what's in your heart, but because of what's in their heart. And for many, not for all, but for many, your mother may be a person like that. But whoever that person is for you, know that that person is a window into the heart of God. For the promise of your baptism is this, you are God's child, love with a love that will never let you go. Your baptism doesn't make that true, it just celebrates and proclaims what is always and already true. You belong to God. And I know you know that. But it doesn't hurt to be reminded again. And so next time you come in here, look at this font, would you? It's for you. Look at it and remember who you are. You are God's child. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.